Good evening. My name is Calvin Davis, and I will be reading the scriptures. Today's Old Testament reading is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, beginning at verse 1. The people who walk in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, of them light has shined. You have multiplied the nations. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you, as was joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bars across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken, as on the day of Midian. For all the boots of the tramping warriors and all the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us, authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace. For the throne of David and his kingdom, he will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness. From this time onward and forevermore, the seal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Today's gospel reading is from the good news according to Luke, chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. In those days, a decree went out from the Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went to the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region there were shepherds living in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy. For all the people to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is called the Messiah. The Lord, this will be a sign for you to find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there were the angels, multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see these things that have taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in a manger. When they saw this, they made known what they had been told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed, and what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered on them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as had been told to them. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Make room in our souls, O Lord, for you. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The time came for Mary, the text says, the time came for Mary to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. There was no place for them in the inn. Jesus is born in a manger rather than indoors because there's no room at the inn. I've always wondered if the owners of the inn kind of regretted it afterwards, you know? Could have been a global travel destination one day. Their descendants could be wealthy forever and ever and ever. We're not exactly sure what or where the inn was. It could have been a boarding house or just an extra room somebody had attached to their home. Either way, it's drifted away in the shifting sands of time. And just think of the lost tourist dollars. All kidding aside, though. Maybe not all kidding, but most kidding aside. It's clear that this little line is important. No room in the inn. You see, Bethlehem is the, is the city of David, David being the most famous, most beloved king in all of Israel's history. We're told that Jesus is part of the royal line, an heir to David's throne. And not only that, Jesus is the Messiah, the one sent by God to set the world right. If Jesus belongs anywhere, it's in Bethlehem. If they could have made accommodation for anyone... It would be Jesus. Yet there was no room for him to be received. Here at Bethlehem, he was crowded right out. Now, there's a lot of speculation as to why this is. There's this uh, sort of apocryphal story about a mean old innkeeper who didn't have enough compassion, his hard heart kind of obscuring the divine right in front of his face. I mean, that's not in the Bible, but it's pretty good. It fits pretty well, doesn't it? Or maybe it's the fact that David's city is meant to be symbolic. To symbolize the idea that God's people, the very people who should know God when God shows up, don't recognize him. And you know, this is sort of a message for us good religious folk. We can be pretty stuck in our ways that make us not see God, that can obscure God from our eyes. That's a good one too, right? A little too close to home, maybe, for me, but it's still pretty good. Now, I'm a bit of a theology nerd, okay, so please bear with me for a moment. The most compelling reading of No Room for me lately, though, comes from St. Jerome. You guys all know St. Jerome, right? He wrote the Vulgate, right? Jerome was a priest and a theologian in the 5th century, and here's what Jerome says about there being no room in the inn. The Lord is born on earth, he says. The Lord is born on earth, and he does not even have a cell in which to be born, for there was no room for him at the inn. The entire human race, he says, the entire human race had a place And the Lord about to be born on earth had none. He found no room among people. 
He found no room in Plato, in Plato, nor in Aristotle, but in a manger among beasts of burden and brute animals and among the simple, too, and the innocent. Jerome reads the inn as the world itself. It's the human race that crowds out God. I mean, it's fascinating that he mentions these Greek philosophers, Plato and Aristotle, specifically by name as having no room for God. I mean, these were the most brilliant minds. These, were, these, were, these guys were real with the textbooks that everybody was reading when Jerome was, was around. But brilliant as they were, they were somehow closed to the divine. There was no space in their rational way of thinking. Which, I'll admit, sounds kind of familiar, doesn't it? We in 21st century British Columbia live in what the Canadian philosopher Charles Taylor refers to as a secular age. Whereas our ancestors, whether European, African, Asian, traditional First Nations or otherwise, assumed there were multiple dimensions, layers of reality, spirits, magic, good and evil. They were enchanted, but we've become disenchanted. They were enchanted, but we've become disenchanted. Our world has become flat, one-dimensional. And this change hasn't been... All bad, of course. I mean, with it, you know, it's kind of closed the door on various kinds of oppressive superstitions and paved the way for the scientific method without which most of us wouldn't have made it here tonight because we wouldn't have made it past infancy and we wouldn't have vaccines. So no complaints there from that end. At the same time, though, it's sealed us away from a whole dimension of reality. There is a beauty, there is a mystery that undergirds all of life, and we know it intuitively. We know it in our bones. Maybe you know that Coldplay song. This is where the minister gets cool, but cool from like 20 years ago, (laughs) when I was, you know, maybe a little bit more cool than I am now. But the Coldplay song, The Scientist, from 20 years ago. And the song said it like this. Questions of science, science in progress, don't speak as loud as my heart. I'll say that again. Questions of science. My wife Cheyenne said, do not sing it. So I'm trying so hard not to sing it. Questions of science, science in progress, don't speak as loud as my heart. If life is limited to the four walls of this inn that we call reality, loud heart questions of love, truth, beauty, meaning, and purpose can't find any elbow room at all. Concepts like good evil and what it means to live a good life just don't have the space to move around. They can't be found inside here or inside us because they're simply too big to be constrained to our little guest room of a material world. Something is missing because we have become disenchanted. We've become disenchanted and that something is missing. That's something that we know 
deep in our hearts is there. And yet, we are all here, in person or online, children of a secular age, gathering, to, gathering together to hear a story of how the infinite creator of the universe became a human being 2,000 years ago. One who lived briefly, died violently, and rose unexpectedly. And this is the most significant life in history. It could be nostalgia. It could be seeking the comforts of childhood or it could be that we hear a knocking on the door of our own hearts one that we didn't think we had space for in our disenchanted world but a knock 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 nonetheless persists in spite of it all there's something to it there's something to it Now, whereas Jerome says that Plato and Aristotle can't make the space, he does say that mystery does find a place among, quote, beasts of burden and brute animals and among the simple, too, and among the innocent, among those close to the earth, among those for whom life has not been easy, for whom life has been difficult. Those who are a little bit more naive and a little less skeptical. I mean, he even includes the brutes, you know, the brute beasts and the animals in that thing. I mean, talk talk about an enchanted world. He says that God finds a room among here. God finds room here among the simple and the brute beasts and animals. Now, how do we do that? How do we become more naive? Well, first, we need to entertain the possibility by putting ourselves in the place of the shepherds. These guys have room because they don't have anything else. They don't have anything else. We need to put ourselves in a place of humility and a place of need. We need to put ourselves in a place of humility and a place of need. So tonight, I'm going to invite you to unlock the deadbolt. I'm going to invite you to open the door of your soul just a crack, just, just a little bit, just, just a tiny little bit. If only for this moment and make space for the possibility that the story could be true. That the story could be true. Put yourself in that place of need and imagine it. For a moment, imagine that there's more more to life than just these four walls. That there is a purpose for your being here and mine much greater than accumulation or experiences. For a moment, imagine that the reason for all that fear and anxiety about the future, it just disappears. For a moment, imagine that all those things you've screwed up or done wrong, imagine that you're forgiven and that it'll all be unraveled and made right 
in the end. Just imagine, put yourself in that place of need. Open the door, just a little crack. Just open that door, a little crack. Make a little space and imagine. Imagine that for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And if it's true, all of this enchantment, healing, peace, and hope, all of this could be yours and then some not just on Christmas but every single day of the year just imagine open that you know your heart just go just for a minute and imagine that it's all true let us pray As once you came in the hush of darkness, O God, so still our hearts now by the wonder of this night. Make us wise with the wisdom of a little one that truth might be born afresh in us or for the first time. Let not our hearts be busy inns with no room but doors wide open to welcome a holy guest, a guest who is Jesus Christ, alive with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Thank you.